2: This premier hockey podcast featured at canadiansconnection.fm brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadian's Connection Podcast.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadian's Connection Podcast. You're on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 285 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm very pleased to be joined in the studio by the editor of the Hockey News Montreal, the founder and the president of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. And how are you doing today, Rick?
1: Good day, sir. How are you doing?
0: Doing pretty well. Time's flying, and it feels like not that long ago we were saying, oh, well, we got lots of time before the trade deadline.
1: And now we're, this is our first uh, podcast, of course, of the month of March, and that means that the trade deadline is just uh, days away um, and should be an exciting time for um, Montreal Canadiens fans. The, the market has started to move, and it's setting up... We'll we'll talk about this in our second segment, but it's starting to set up quite nicely for Kent Hughes if he chooses to take advantage of it. Um, Yeah, so we've called this show, uh, Canadians Connection, episode 285, The Trade Market's Ripe for Canadians Moves.
0: So we'll take you through everything that's happened with the Montreal Canadiens since we've last met up. Of course, they've had a few games, some updates on their roster. Uh, We'll talk about their prospects. And at the very end, we have some trades uh, to talk about uh, from around the NHL. In segment two, it's Kent Hughes' trade card. So we'll take a look at uh, Ken Hughes' history uh, as we approach the trade deadline and uh, we'll set up uh, this upcoming trade deadline for everyone so that uh, you know what to expect. And, of course, in segment three, it's the Have Your Say segment, uh, our Canadians Connection question of the week is... Who is untouchable on the Habs? We want to hear from you. And uh, Rick, uh, for those who are interested in answering that question or just uh, sending in any of their comments, what's the best way for them to do so?
1: You're welcome to use our Rocket Sports text line. Uh, It's a simple number to remember, 5853-ROCKET, 5853-ROCKET. Text us 24 hours a day.
0: You can also reach out to us on social media. Just make sure that you are following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram Plus, we have a website, CanadiansConnection.fm. Make sure that you check out our comprehensive pregame previews and postgame recaps for every Montreal Canadiens game at thn.com/montreal. That's the Hockey News Montreal, and here's what's happened since we were gone, going back to February the twenty fourth. Montreal visits New Jersey, and they lose four to three. Somehow, New Jersey came out of this game with no penalty minutes, uh, but for Montreal, Suzuki scores twice. Um, the New Jersey Devils really took advantage of their chances. A couple of bad giveaways by the Montreal Canadiens' defense that uh, led to the New Jersey Devils coming away with that victory.
1: Great game for Jake Allen, uh, keeping the team close. Not a great game for Mike Matheson, as you mentioned. Uh, the turnovers, uh, this was the Canadiens' fifth consecutive loss.
0: And a couple days later, Arizona comes to town and Montreal breaks the losing streak, winning that one 4 to 2 uh, despite being outshot 38 to 21, Montreal managed to squeak ahead for the victory. Uh, not Connor Ingram's best performance in net for the Arizona Coyotes, but uh, Montreal did a good job taking advantage there.
1: Um, this was a good game for I thought uh, Jordan Harris. A brilliant pass uh, to uh, uh, Tanner Pearson uh, for for his goal. Blocked, uh, made a shot block and and carried the puck. Uh, got his goal and then um, and then. Um, um, a brilliant pass. Um, Mike Matheson again, um, tagged for four giveaways, leading the team on that uh, was a minus two. Um, but this was this was an ugly game, I think. Um, an ugly team between uh, an ugly game between two um, struggling teams, uh, the Canadians coming in with a five game losing streak, the Arizona coyotes coming in. Um, with a 12 game losing streak and and that one was um, pushed. Um, the other player I thought that that struggled here was uh Juris Levkovsky took two high sticking penalties um, and uh, he also extended his uh scoreless streak to four games. Um, he had a minus three in in that uh section and caused some uh, I think some introspection. Uh, from Yuras Levkovsky, who said he just can't take those penalties, um, and uh, you know it's not only the the taking of bad penalties, one hand on the stick, getting it uh, you know in the face of of uh, the opposition players, but his he's he's constantly arguing with the officials about those bad penalties, about the penalties he's taking, um, and you know, the referees sometimes have tolerance for um for the veterans uh, who argue calls but less so uh for the young players and and i think he's just got to watch himself in in addition to paying attention to keeping his hands on the stick
0: yeah absolutely there uh they had another game a couple of days later on february the 29th uh, they visit uh, the florida panthers and they're back in the losing column, losing 4-3 to three in the shootout. So once again, the Montreal Canadiens outshot by a pretty wide margin. Uh, but once again, taking advantage of some shaking, shaky goaltending from the Florida Panthers. Uh, they did manage to hang on uh, all the way until the shootout. But uh, Anton Lundell with a great move in the shootout to put this one in the bag for the Florida Panthers.
1: You mentioned shaking goaltending. I didn't think the goaltenders on either side were were very good. Um, Sam Montembeau, his second straight start got kind of a, um, you know, a soft start, uh, toss to him, um, going up against Arizona. And then this was obviously a tougher start, uh, against Florida. I thought the Canadians played, um, reasonably well, at least they, they, they stayed in it in part due to two incredible plays, um, that kind of caught Florida off guard in both uh, uh, instances, uh, and one of them was Arborzakai's uh, rink-long pass uh, to, to uh, Suzuki for a great goal, and then that set play at the end of the second period, uh, 0.7 seconds left, Yuri Slavkovsky, great shot, uh, Slav- um, Suzuki um, winning the faceoff there. Um, but, uh, yeah, for um, Montembeau... Two out of the three goals I thought were were pretty soft, and then he gave up uh, two of the three shots in uh, the shootout. Um, other thing I'll just mention here that wasn't pretty uh, was the Canadians giving up another shorthanded goal. They lead the league in that dubious category, having given up um, 10 goals uh, well, uh, well on the power play. So not only is the power play struggling, but... Uh, and not scoring, uh, they're giving up uh, they're giving up goals while on the man advantage.
0: Oof. So the Canadians record after this week is twenty three, twenty eight and nine. That's 55 points, 26th in the NHL, and Rick, don't look now, but I'm seeing the Habs have a 0.0% <laughs> chance of making the playoffs on pace for 75 points.
1: Yeah, I think, I think we've all figured that out, that um, playoffs aren't coming this year. One of the things was that was interesting was that um, Marty St. Louis was asking if he thought there was progress um, from year to year um you know if you look at uh, prior to Thursday's game uh, which would be 59 games um it, both last year and 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 this season uh the canadians uh had 54 points 54 points in in uh, on february 27th 2023 54 points on february 28th 2024 458 uh, win, winning percentage identical uh, this season, the only thing that's a little different, well, there's two things. Um, the Canadians had more regulation wins last season, 16 at this uh, point in the season, 14 uh, right now. Um, and uh, their their goal differential was a little higher, seven goals higher. They were minus 51 um, at this point last season, minus 44, which still isn't anything to write <laughs> home about. Uh, this season. So I understand we've had these questions uh, come to us. Where's the, where's the progress? Where's the, um, where's the, the year to year kind of advancement and um, hard pressed to, um, to make that case. And the difficulty is um, that the Canadians, their remaining schedule, just 22 games left. um, They have the toughest, according to, our good friends at Tankathon, um, strength and who put out uh stats about strength of schedule. Um, the Canadians have the toughest schedule remaining, that their opponents have a 598 uh, winning percentage, uh, and that's um, that's the most. Um, so you know, what's going to happen over the next 22 games? Are they going to be able to match their point total or surpass their point total? Um, and is it going to be affected by the trade deadline? Those are all things that uh, we'll have to watch and and uh, and certainly talk about.
0: For sure. And I'll point out, too, uh, lots of 10 p.m. starts coming up uh, within this month of March. Uh, So, yeah, they're going to have. So I'm assuming they'll be on the road out west, which is always a difficult thing for teams.
1: This is a difficult thing uh, for for teams and difficult thing for us. Yes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That, too. (laughs) And uh, of course, uh, I think Montreal uh, certainly benefiting from some loser points this season. Otherwise, I think they'd be much further down the standings.
1: Right. That's a really good point that. Yeah, that those extra points that they've gotten um, in overtime or shootout or, yeah, have been in overtime have, uh, sorry, have, um, have helped them.
0: So make sure that you check out Habs notepad, Habs headlines, feature articles and game day posts appearing regularly at THN.com slash Montreal. That's the hockey news, Montreal. Taking a look at our roster news, it appears that one Raphael Harvey-Penard has participated in Canadiens practice in Tampa Bay on Friday morning. So that's showing some progress. Uh, Do we have any further updates on one uh, RHP?
1: Uh, Just that he was wearing it. It wasn't uh, a typical practice on Friday. It was more of a um, a skills practice with drills. Um, And actually, there was a fascinating um, uh, shooting uh, practice with um Cole Caulfield we saw some video of of him um with a net in front of a net Mm. anyway um you had to see it um point is that it wasn't a typical practice um and Harvey Pinard has not been cleared by the team doctors for contact so he's not going to be playing um in Tampa but um I, I think it's good news that he's close
0: uh, Jaden Struble, uh, who's been out with an injury for a little while, he's back at practice as well and traveling with the team to Tampa Bay. Uh, this month, or sorry, last month for the month of February, when Nick Suzuki was named the Molson Cup recipient, the Molson Cup winner. Uh, So that's usually calculated by the amount of star selections that they've received in the month. Uh, Suzuki was first star in games twice uh, on February 6th and 13th. He was second star of the game on three occasions on the 10th, 17th and the 29th in Florida. So, uh, yeah, I think this is well-deserved. Suzuki's been on fire. He's certainly elevated his game and one player that's uh, really shown his progression.
1: The the three star selection. There used to be some method to it. There used to be some honor to it. Um, right now, it's trash. It's garbage. It's it's uh, on around the league and in Montreal, it's garbage. However, they got it right. This uh, it it just so happened um, that Suzuki had such a great month um, that uh, it all worked out. And and yes, um, he's uh, deserves the the Molson Cup. Um, for February, um, 11 goals that's second highest um, in the NHL. Um, and and you wonder, um, you know, the Canadians power play is below 20%, 19% thereabouts. Uh, you wonder um, if it was up around that 25% mark, you know, if if uh, he'd be the recipient of, of some extra points. Um, I think he's been, been very good. Um, you know, almost, he's almost to that point of game, um, uh, Mark, um, that, that you kind of set. um, he's just outside the top 10, uh, in terms of, uh, points and goals for, for centers, um, in the league. Um, I, I think he's, he's really made a concerted. Now, if you look at his his numbers, his defensive stats have fallen a little bit as his offense has come out. Um, that's something he needs to work on. Uh, but uh, I think he's he's headed in the right direction and, and full um, kudos to him for uh, his, his spectacular month of, of February.
0: So, Rick, how do you feel about doing something we've not done in a while? I think this is a good week to do it.
1: Sure, why not?
0: Let's get to uh, Bad Tweets of the Week.
2: Listen up. It's time for some Bad Tweets on the Canadian's Connection.
0: So it's been a while since we've done this. <laughs> uh, and this time there are actually two tweets that are kind of connected. And it's crazy. I have no idea where this started. But uh, the first one comes from one uh, Ryan Whitney of Spittin' Chicklets. His tweet says, The Sens have something cooking right now. Rumor boys hearing that Ottawa would maybe move Brady Kachuk. Can't believe it, though, because no one could be that dumb. Nine points out of the playoffs with two games in hand. So that's, that's <laughs> an interesting thing just to randomly throw out there. And I will note, too, that uh, I think it was maybe a day or two after that uh, SENS GM Steve Steos went out on a podcast and said, nope uh, Brady Kachuk's not going anywhere.
1: This is, it's nuts. Um and, and I asked you um, I asked you, I had, when we were in the pre-show, um, how many players are there in the National Hockey League like Brady Kachuk? And you replied...
0: There, there are two, and they both have the last name Kachuk.
1: Exactly, exactly. So um, the, you know this is garbage when, when Ryan Whitney himself um, makes a statement about there's a rumor out there and then discredits it. All in the same, all in the same tweet, saying, "Well, <laughs> they couldn't be that dumb. Um, uh, <laughs> this is silly. This, why would they? Why? It, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, and and yeah, this, this is, this is, this is worthy of our bad tweet of the week. But we didn't just have one.
0: Nope. It it gets worse. Uh, BPM Sports decided to take this and run away with it." Uh, they tweeted out, and I'll translate this to English. Uh, they put out a poll on Twitter that says, "Exchange proposal: Montreal receives Brady Kachuk, Ottawa receives Cole Caulfield, Arbor Jacki, and Winnipeg's top pick. Who says no?" And surprisingly, uh, the vote is 61.4 uh, percent of people said the Canadians would say no. Just to make it even what? more wild, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, I mean, BPM Sports, normally like a, a, a reasonable publication, uh, they tend to do a good job sticking with the news. But this, uh, I, I don't know who decided to put this out there. And this is probably the worst trade proposal I've seen uh, in exchange for Brady Kachuk, like seriously, and not to mention that people thought that the Canadians would be <laughs> the ones saying no.
1: Yeah, and, and listen, I guess that's because it includes fan-favorite players Cole Caulfield's a fan favorite, of course. Arborzakai is a fan favorite, of course. Um, but this this isn't enough for and and, the, and Winnipeg's first round um, the, the first round pick that uh, that the, the Canadians got from Winnipeg this isn't near enough uh, for a Brady Kachuk, uh, and fans are saying no, don't don't go for it. Of course, if this was laid at the feet of Kent Hughes. Um, it wouldn't take him more than a second but of course not it, it's it's just it's silly um and one bad tweet led to a, a, a ridiculous tweet i guess uh is how is how this week went um i, I i'm yeah i'm I'm quite astonished by what what we have here
0: yeah uh, it's just bizarre what transpired here but how, we, how about we get to some more uh, credible type stuff here? I think it's a good time for the Habs uh,
2: prospect report. It's time for the Rocket Report. The Rocket Sports Media team is your premier source for information about the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens, as well as Habs prospects playing in the CHL, NCAA, and leagues around the world. Bookmark THN.com slash Montreal to follow our comprehensive coverage of Canadians' prospects.
0: Each week we highlight a Montreal Canadiens prospect, and this week we're going to shine the spotlight on Brantford Bulldogs forward Florian Jackai. Uh He was uh, selected in last year's draft, and also uh, the brother of one, Arbor Jackeye, who I know is a very popular Montreal Canadiens player right now. He's had a pretty good season, certainly uh, taking a step forward, uh, and uh, right now is point uh, total uh, sorry, 53 points in 55 games. Not bad. Uh, in the past 10 games, he's actually put up 16 points. So he's uh, certainly stepping up, and he's looking basically like what you would expect from a jack who plays forward, right?
1: Yeah, uh, exactly. And you said almost on a point-a-game pace, 53 points in 55 games. Uh, also, in those 55 games, 66 penalty minutes. Uh, so... Um, You know, better than a a penalty minute per game. Uh, But for the last 10 games, and that goes back to uh, February the 9th, he's he's on quite a 10-game point streak uh, with 16 16 points. Um, Let's make that 11 games. 16 points. Yeah, no, that's, sorry, that's 10 games. 16 points in 10 games, 11 goals and 5 assists. Uh, He's been tremendous for Brantford.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, i certainly recommend if you haven't already, you might want to tune into a Brantford game just to watch this kid because its uh, he's a pretty exciting player and I'm sure he'll be his, a fan favorite once he arrives in Montreal.
1: Loads of fun to watch.
0: Uh, let's uh, take a look at a couple of defensemen that are not quite yet with the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, the big question here as we approach the end of the season is when will David Ryanbacker and Lane Hudson be joining the organization? So I see uh, for David Ryanbacker playing in the NL, uh, the NL season should be coming to a close at the end of March. Uh, I know that uh, his team Cloten is definitely not a playoff team. They've not had a great season, but uh, of course, uh, the way they do uh, tournaments and whatnot in in the NL is a little bit different. Uh, for one, Lane Hudson, uh, the NCAA, of course, should be coming to an end towards the end of March as well. But I believe Lane Hudson's team's been doing pretty good. Uh, do you think that they would get into that Frozen Four?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that, um, well, uh, they'll be in the, uh, the lead up uh, to, to that. The Terriers, um, you know, they, they've been on a, an amazing pace um and uh will be in the regional finals, we expect. Um and if if they manage to qualify for uh the frozen four, now they were in it last year, um, then that that ties up Lane Hudson for a bit. Frozen four this year uh, takes place in, in Minneapolis. Um between April eleventh and thirteenth, um, so he could um he could then after that uh, sign his ELC and join the Canadians um, for their last, the Canadians and the season uh, back-to-back games against the Detroit Red Wings. He could get into, um, into two games and, and essentially it's kind of a, an enticement uh, to bring uh, prospects is, is to let them play um, you know, a couple games at the end of the season and they burn one year of their, their contract that way. Uh, what about the Laval rocket? Well, um, given, given all the complications, um, Lane Hudson isn't really eligible uh, to play in Laval unless he signs a, a, a PTO with the uh, the Laval rocket. And I, I, I just don't, I, I just don't see that happening, but um uh, so he's, he's most likely to finish the season with the Canadians. Um, and I, I'd, I'd love to see, you know, Marty go to, a um, uh, an 11, seven kind of format, uh, play with seven defensemen. That way you could, um, you could put Lane Hudson in there, uh, certainly for power play, uh, take some of Mike Matheson's minutes, certainly on the power play. And, uh, that way you could rotate him in and give him some exposure, um, without exposing him too much. Uh, David Reinbacker, it's, yeah, it, it, the the NL um, is complicated. Uh, Clotin is one of the two teams at the bottom. Those teams will uh, have a playoff. Um, uh, Clotin's regular season actually ends on Monday. Uh, but then what follows is like a playoff, a playout, I think they call it, um, uh, that um, the loser of that series uh, then becomes subject to um, like a relegation uh, tournament. And then the relegation plays against, um, I think they call it the SL, which is their their AHL. So the winner of the AHL plays the loser, the worst team in the NL. And uh, then they can swap for the following. It's, it's complicated. Um, so uh, there's lots of, Lots of th- balls in the air there. So David Ryanbacker could join um, the Canadiens organization midway through March, or more likely, end of March. I think David Reinbacker is is likely to play with Laval, um, and um, and then he can. Um, well, we're going to check with uh, with. Uh, um, uh, Patrick Williams about because there's really weird um, regulations about who's eligible for the uh, the playoffs or not uh, typically if you're if you're joining the team after the trade deadline you're not eligible for the playoffs but there's there's been loopholes workarounds in the past but anyway he would be able to play with Laval, uh for their end of their season so uh, what do we know we know that it's complicated. We know that it's not decided. We know that both play, we'll see most, both players um, over the next month or so.
0: So with that, uh, how about we take a look at the Laval Rocket from this past week? Uh, kind of up and down for them. Uh, I think uh, you go back to February the 24th. Uh, the Toronto Marlies come to town. Toronto wins 5-1. to one. Uh, Not a very good game for Laval, oddly enough. Uh, nothing went well for them. Uh, Maia scored the lone Laval goal shorthanded, but uh, of course, the Marlies scored five in that game, and uh, Laval just in general kind of looked outclassed. Uh, a couple of days later, they did have a nice bounce back on February the 28th. Laval uh, did get a 4 nothing victory. Uh, this is the first pro shutout for one, Jakob Dobis, and of course, Laval, uh, with four different goal scores. so a near perfect game in that one. Uh, the next game came on one March the first, and this one was certainly a nail biter as uh, Laval takes on Hartford, and they lose two to one. Laval came up just short, despite uh, outshooting their opponents thirty three to twenty four. Overall, this game could have gone either way,
1: for sure. And I thought Dobish was terrific. I, I know he got a shutout against um, Bridgeport. Bridgeport, uh, a little bit of a weaker team um, in the AHL. Uh, but I thought, even though he took the loss against Hartford, he was unbelievable um, in this game. And, and uh, uh, Adam Socorro was having a very good game for, for Hartford. Um, the Slovak prospect, the taken by the Rangers uh, second second round, twenty twenty two, and and uh, that and other saves, uh, Dobish was was very very good. He's been um, he's been terrific um school going to be out for a bit you can find out more about that um on the uh, rocket hockey report um and but um but dobish has has taken the ball and and he's been he's been very very good
0: laval's record currently 23 22 5 and 2 that's 53 points and 24th in the ahl uh, they have three games uh, coming up in the next week. Uh, Laval is going to visit Springfield. Then they go back home to take on uh, Syracuse on March the sixth, and on March the eighth, uh, Cleveland comes to town. So uh, lots of exciting uh, games coming up for the Laval Rocket.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Going down one more level to the ECHL. Uh, Montreal's ECHL affiliate is the Trois Rivieres Lions. A very quiet week. Just the one game going back to February the twenty fourth as they take on uh, Newfoundland and lose. 4-3, to three. Uh, Strauss Mann uh, recently was loaned to uh, the Trois-Rivières uh, Lions. He actually had a couple of good starts uh, before being called back up uh, uh, with the injury to uh, uh Alexander Voyer, I think, had a very good game and was kind of a standout in this uh, game against the Newfoundland Growlers. So uh, Trois-Rivières has a record of 20-24, 3-3. Three three. That's 12th place in the Eastern Conference. Uh, looking at the QMJHL, uh, we started covering that for the Hockey News on there. Uh, we've been uh, putting out some articles and uh, this is the Memorial Cup contender series being written by one Mike Rashel. Uh, the most recent one is about the Oshawa Generals. So for those that uh, like to follow the queue, we've been uh, doing our best to provide uh, information on all the possible Memorial Cup contenders from around the CHL.
1: Memorial Cup is fun to watch, and um, I know that, that many of our listeners pay attention to the queue. If you want a bit of a heads up as far as who the queue representative might face, this is a great series to uh, learn more about uh, the top teams in the OHL coming up. Uh, we'll ha- also have the top teams in the uh, WHL. Uh, Mike's done a great job for us.
0: Absolutely. So if you want to find out all our, our content about the Canadians prospects, you can head over to THN.com slash Montreal. And if you're looking for the best English language coverage of the Quebec Maritimes junior hockey league, head over to THN.com slash QMJHL. And now it's time for our quote of the week. And as you said in the pre-show, this might even be quote of the year. Uh, I, I'm not going to do a whole lot to set this up. You'll just have to listen to what Marty St. Louis has to say. And, uh, Marty, uh, what don't we get right?
3: I mean, listen, there's a lot of stuff that was said about, you know, cold early in the year. I don't think you were getting it right, that's for sure. Um, you know, laugh at times too, you know. Uh, but I feel it's, you know, it, 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 it doesn't matter, you know. You guys are here to, to, to do a job. And, you know, and for me, like, you know, I I, I, um, I respect the work that you guys do. But for me, I think it's important especially in this market, to understand what's being told, what's being said about certain guys so that I can... Because I, I can't control if they're going to read that. You know, I can only control with the knowledge that I have, the information that I have, how I can help navigate what he's going through at the time. So for me, information is is powerful. So I can't just... Uh, uh, Avoid that I got it's part of my job and 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 sometimes you you guys are not wrong You know and and sometimes you're wrong, but sometimes you're not wrong And for me like I I have my own truth with my player But I think it's 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 good to understand what's out there on the player so I can help him navigate that Based on some of the things you see sometimes you guys are not wrong, but you know, it's your truth You know and 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 for me, you know, I always I, I love starting with the truth But again, it's my truth it's, you know and, and and it's not necessarily the truth, you know, but it's okay. you guys have your own truth and I have my own truth. and at the end of the day to help the player, we gotta find the truth.
1: All right, um, a lot to t- <laughs> a lot to take in there. Uh, a little bit longer of a clip uh, than we usually play, but we wanted to give you the full context of what Marty said. And where is this all coming from? Um, you know, he was, he was simply asked, what, what do the media get wrong? Uh, turns out, um, Mar- Marty St. Louis, um, unlike any other head coach in the National Hockey League that I'm aware of, um, pays attention uh, to what's said about his players in the media. Um, he reads, he listens, he watches uh, the coverage um, which is odd. It's odd that he he would have time to do that. Uh, and and maybe he has some of the communications people uh doing some of that for him, but he seemed to, to say that that he,, um, he feels it's part of his job, uh, to to monitor what's being said about his players. Uh the only other person who's ever said that, that I recall um, was Mark Bergevin uh, who said uh, early on in his, and and listen, Mark Bergevin didn't have any experience as a general manager. He had a brief um, uh, 16 months, maybe in in hockey operations for Chicago, uh, but, but not as a general manager. And when he came in, he listened to the, uh, the afternoon radio call-in shows um, in Montreal about, about the Canadians and he said he and Molson, uh, Jeff Molson uh, listened to them and they they would talk about them and sometimes Jeff Molson would get mad and phone in and yell at the, the director of the radio station and say no you better get better and anyway that's a side point uh, this is this is really strange um, let me just let me just take a let me just take a, a detour here. Um, for a minute and focus on something he said. Um, he talked about, um, my truth is not your truth. And my truth and your truth may be different from the truth. Uh, like all of that to me is, is word salad and, and just, uh, it just throws out the window, the meaning of the word truth. You can, Michael, you can have an opinion I can have an opinion, but there is only one truth. That's the the meaning of the word truth. Is there is one truth. Uh, so Absolutely. all this baloney about your truth, my truth, I, and I know that's kind of become into the any anyway. That's that's a side point. Um, but the fact that that Marty Saint Louis feels that it's his job and that he has the time um, to read and listen and watch what the media is covering and what he's, what they're saying about his players. Um, Could it be a, you know, this is just a question. Could it be a bit of a vanity project? Could he be interested in what they're saying about him, given he has no experience and, and um, you know, um, anyway, that's just a question. Uh, But he says um, he is doing that um, because he's worried that his players are reading reading stories. They're on social media, um, and he can't control that. He can't tell them not to do that. And so, if they're taking in information and and that's uh, that's affecting them somehow, he can then understand what's being said and help them navigate that. Um. I like uh, we've said. We, we've said and we've said directly to uh players um yeah i I get that that young people um teenagers have you know they're on social media uh in this day and age, but once you get to the national hockey once you get to the AHL, uh, get off <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's it's simple uh don't pay attention to what fans say or or don't even don't even go to La press or, or, and I'm not picking on them, whatever sports, don't read about what people are saying. Um, just, just stay off. Um, anyways, in, in this market, Marty wants to know what's being said. Um, and his, his reasoning is that so he can help the player navigate it.
0: uh, Just in case. Hi, Marty. Hope you're having a good day Um, (laughs) Big fan here. Um, But yeah, no, I agree with everything that you've said there. And uh, something I wanted to just mention briefly is uh, Marty as a coach. He could encourage players to not do all the things that you just said. He could encourage his players not to look and not to worry about it. I think that that might even be the coach's job to help his players stay away from social media and whatnot. Right.
1: Yes. 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 And I mean, the communication staff, the coaching staff, um, uh, encourage them to that. That, How about listening to me rather than listening to the noise out there?
0: Yeah, exactly. Because I, I think it's fair to say, too, that, uh, you know, what gets said in the media, what gets said amongst fans, it, it's going to be way different than what you hear when you're actually uh in the dressing room and what uh, gets said in the boardroom. I mean, there are some things that, you know, with all respect, get said on either podcasts or radios where if you were to say that in, uh, you know, in the boardroom uh, with uh, Jeff Bolson and Kent Hughes, you, you might actually get kicked out because it's so ridiculous, right?
1: Well, absolutely. And, and um, uh, you have to understand that, you know, particularly the, the Montreal media, they have an agenda. Uh, they're not necessarily reporting news. They're they're making. They're trying to drive the agenda. We know that's the the biggest problem with the Montreal media is whether it's about language, whether it's about whatever it's about. They're trying to drive a particular uh, message out there that typically doesn't have anything to do with winning. Um, what's it, what they should be talking about in the locker room with the coach, with the players it's about how, how do we win? How, how, you know, we're not worried about responding to other people's agendas about whether, you know, a player should, should be acquired. A player should be, should stay because, because he speaks the right language, whatever it is, has the right birthplace. Um, they should be talking about what we do to win and, And and that should be the focus, not let all this noise in and talk about it.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there. And uh, I think, uh, did you have anything else you wanted to add to that before we get to our hockey news?
1: Yeah, I I just, um, not being critical of Marty, uh, because he's doing things differently. Um, He doesn't have, um, you know, call it whatever you will, whether you see... uh, his his background as a lack of experience or a lack of baggage. Um, he's clearly a player friendly coach, um, and he's trying to advocate for um, for his players. Um, and you heard him when it, when he said, you know, you were saying things about um, Caulfield, and you were saying things about Slavkovsky at the beginning of the year that weren't right. Well, I think what most people were saying is neither of them was playing very good. Um, and that 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 is the truth, not my truth, not anybody else's truth. It was the truth at the start of the season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, with that, uh, we'll get to our uh, hockey news and notes uh, before we take our first break here. Um, starting things off, the Vancouver Canucks made uh, big news uh, just on Saturday morning, March uh, the second, as they re-signed uh, Elias Petterson to an eight-year contract worth uh, $92.8 million. Uh, He's an over-point-per-game a point player uh, throughout his career. I think both sides are going to be very happy to get this done. Uh, Seemed like Pedersen was avoiding uh, contract negotiations during the season, but uh, not too long ago, there were some reports about a possible trade to uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. That didn't go through, and it seemed like uh, pretty quickly uh, Pedersen was willing to talk and uh, showed that he wanted to stay in Vancouver. So both sides are going to be very happy here.
1: I think so. Vancouver's a good team. He's a tremendous player. He's going to be top five um, with at 11.6 million AAV. So uh, this all makes sense. And and uh, it, it kind of shuts up uh, the, the naysayers who say, you know, Vancouver doesn't want to sign their players or whatever. Um, I think this is good all around.
0: Uh, three trades uh, went down, all involving defensemen. Uh, the first one is uh, the Dallas Stars acquired Chris Tanev from the Calgary Flames. It was a three-team trade. Uh, they had the New Jersey's ho- uh, Devils hop on board. They took a fourth-round pick uh, in exchange for uh, uh, retaining fifty percent of sa- uh, Tanev's salary. Uh, what uh, the Flames get, they get a second-round pick, a conditional third-round pick, and uh, Artem. Uh, Grushnikov a defensive prospect uh, who seems to well it sounds like he's a pretty similar player to to uh, Chris Tanev but much younger maybe not a top 10 prospect on the Calgary Flames but uh, it seems like they were quite happy with that return
1: yeah Calgary it was a a prospect that they valued that they targeted Uh, I think there's a fair bit of criticism here that they didn't get a first round pick um, but they got a lot, um, uh, they got a pretty good haul and, uh, from what we've heard, um, they, the, on the table from one of the other teams, uh, was a first round pick. Um, but that, that, um, that team wanted, uh, Calgary to take back a bad contract and rather than take a first round pick and a bad contract, they took, um, a prospect that, uh, that. That they coveted and um, and some uh, second round picks. So I I I, I think uh, well done Calgary on this.
0: Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs reacquire Ilya Labushkin. Uh, I think it was what two seasons ago they made a trade uh, for Labushkin from the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Labushkin uh, left as a free agent and now they decided they wanted him back. Uh, so the Anaheim Ducks uh, in exchange for Labushkin take on a third round pick. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes hopped on this trade. Uh, they take a sixth-round pick in exchange for retaining 50 percent of the salary as well. So I think uh, I think Toronto this helps a bit. I don't know how much it moves the needle. Labushkin is much better away from the puck than with the puck, but I think this does start to fix some of their holes on defense.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Um, but I, you know, clearly uh, Toronto's not finished. Uh, they need some help up front, but I, I think. They may not even be finished with respect to rebuilding their their defense core. Um, I I don't think he's necessarily the answer there. Um, interesting though that in this week of three significant trades, um, semi significant trades, two of them um, were three team uh, deals. Um, which uh, is that a is is that a signal of what's to come as we approach the trade deadline?
0: Yeah. Uh, The final trade here, the New Jersey Devils uh, acquired defenseman uh, Curtis McDermott from the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for a seventh round pick. And uh, uh, Bardakov, uh, who's a forward prospect, Uh, the Colorado Avalanche, of course, uh, I think they're just trying to free up some space, uh, whereas the New Jersey Devils, uh, not a huge... uh, not a huge get in uh, Curtis McDermott, but uh, certainly someone that will help uh, fill in the void for them.
1: Yeah, a little bit of a de- of depth for the Devils. And, and as you said, Calgary wants to be busy. They're freeing up some space. So helps both teams. Um, the market is in motion, uh, at least the defensive market. And, and we're going to be talking about that in a few minutes.
0: Yep, so I think uh, right now it's a good time to get to our first break. Uh, we'll hear a message from our sponsors, DraftKings, and then we'll get to our big topic segment, uh, Kent Hughes's trade card. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio.
2: We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Maybe you want to make a bet on five different players who are going to score a goal tonight. The opportunities are endless on DraftKings Sportsbook. There are so many different combinations, opportunities, specials, parlays, Straight up money line bets, you name it. There's so many ways to play on DraftKings Sportsbook. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with the code THPN. New customers bet just five bucks on the NHL and get two hundred instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800Gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance See cdkng.com hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources nhl and the nhl shield are registered trademarks of the national hockey league copyright nhl 2024 all rights reserved
0: Welcome back to the Canadian's Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella. You can find me on Twitter at The Spinella. With me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him on Twitter at Rocket Sports. And you can also follow this podcast at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, you can check out our website, CanadiansConnection.fm. And just a little reminder here to make sure that you hit that subscribe button uh, for the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on your favorite podcasting app. That way you don't miss a single episode. And the trade deadline, not too far away. Um, Can Kent Hughes' past performances at the trade deadline provide any insight into his potential moves this upcoming week? And uh, how has the market changed with the trades that have been uh, completed this week? We saw three defensemen move. We talked about that in that first segment. And uh, to be honest, uh, looking at Kent Hughes's history in terms of trades, it seems like he might be a bit of a creature of habit. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, if you're looking at future behavior, best way to predict it is to look at past behavior. And um, now that's not to say that he has an extensive record uh, when it comes to um, the trade deadline. And and. Yeah, you know, part of it is going to be circumstantial, um, coming into the circumstances where uh, you're in a rebuild and, and you have to um, start. I, I think uh, Kent Hughes's first task was uh, to create some cap flexibility for himself. Um, so he, he kind of attended to that right away. So um, is he going to be making the same number of, of major moves? Uh, not so much. Um, but, uh, I, th- I think it's worth taking a look at, uh, what he's done. Um, partly as, you know, cause it's easy to forget, um, the job that he, he had to do and, and, and what he's done so far.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So with that, let's, let's uh, turn back the clock. I want to take a look at, uh, Ken Hughes's very first, uh, trade deadline and uh, all the acquisitions he made and pro- Probably a very busy one for him, too. I'd say that this was quite successful. Uh, the very first move that uh, Kent Hughes made as a general manager was, at the time, if you remember, Montreal was desperate for just anyone in goal because they had so many injury problems, and uh, that was a trade to the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Brendan Baddock, in exchange for Andrew Hammond, it's hard to believe that uh, he actually made some stars for the Montreal Canadiens, but uh, Hammond was later moved out. Um to the New Jersey Devils in exchange for Nate Schnarr a lot. Uh, I guess that was about a month later that that went down. So, of course, uh, Ken Hughes uh, filled in a need uh, for just a little while. Uh, Well, he needed uh, that warm body in net and uh, certainly filled that pretty well. Um, The first major trade he made uh, would have been the Tyler Toffoli trade, and this went down on a Valentine's Day bright and early before the trade deadline. In exchange for Tyler Toffoli, he picked up one uh, Tyler Pitlick, Emil Heineman, and a first-round pick from the Calgary Flames. I think we can all agree that this was a very nice return for Ken Hughes, and uh, I think we all uh, think that that ended up being a great trade. Uh, A couple days uh, later, Ken Hughes, with a very minor trade uh, to help out uh, Laval, uh, free up uh, some space. It was one Michael McNiven. Remember Michael McNiven? He got (laughs) traded uh, to the Calgary Flames in exchange for future considerations. So not a huge trade, but of course, Kent Hughes, uh, building a little relationship with the Calgary Flames, uh, closer to the trade deadline. Of course, uh, Ben Sherratt was, uh, moved to the Florida Panthers in exchange for Ty Melanic and uh, a couple of, uh, picks, uh, they received a fourth round pick and a first round pick. Um, the big one, uh, coming up, uh, very close to that trade deadline was Arturi Lekkinen to the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for Justin Barron and a second-round pick. So, this first trade deadline that Kent Hughes handled, uh, I thought he fared very well, and it actually gave us a pretty good impression of what kind of general manager he was going to be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And as I said before, uh, he was clearly um, he was moving some um, some veterans. Tyler Toffoli was well liked, and and. Um, you know, a contributing member, um, and uh, it was difficult to see uh, Tyler Toffoli go. But as far as the the hall uh, that came back, um, you think of of um, Heineman, you think of Philippe Machar, you think of uh, Volokin. Even uh, with Canadians made that um, that uh, selection uh, within the fifth round for him. Um, you mentioned about the goaltenders um, coming in and out. Um, Michael McNiven going out. Uh, there, there was uh, a case of Kent Hughes doing right by a player. Remember, Michael McNiven didn't really have a place to play, um, and he was off in some other organization's ECHL team. Um, he he um, he complained about it, uh, and understandably so, and and so he was moved. Um, not because he was complaining, but, but I think because um, Kent Hughes, the the agent in him, thought it was the right thing to do. Um, and and then, as you mentioned, the the Ben Charrat trade, uh, the Arturi Leikkanen trade, and and you know, with some of these trades, like Arturi Lekanen, Justin Barron came back the other way um but also uh, a second round pick in 2024 so that that trade is still paying uh dividends uh, to Kent Hughes and the Montreal Canadiens um but for the most part um bringing in really good assets uh as well as uh, creating some flexibility um on the salary cap and um I, you know i i i would give and i think i did at the time gave gave him a uh, a top rating and a rating for his 2022 trade deadline. And when we talk about when we talk about uh, the trade deadlines in each of these cases, it isn't the day what he did on the day, but it's you know the month uh, or thereabouts leading up to the trade deadline. We're considering trade deadline trades.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think especially in that one, he got to work pretty early. The Tyler DeFoli uh, trade uh, happened over a month before the trade deadline. So I, I think good uh, work uh, by Kent Hughes on that one. 2023, on the other hand, I, I don't think we were huge fans of Kent Hughes's work. Uh, he made three moves. Uh, the first one coming on February 26, 2023. And that was trading Evgeny Dadanov to the Dallas Stars in exchange for one Denis Guryanov. Guryanov proceeded to leave as a UFA. So, not a big fan of that one. I know Guryanov came in uh, to Montreal. He scored a few goals, made things look exciting. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, they didn't end up with really any asset out of that at the end of the day. Um, on March the 3rd that year, Another very minor trade, uh, trading Nate Schnarr to the Los Angeles Kings in exchange for uh, defenseman Frederick Allard, who would uh, join the Laval Rocket. And, of course, uh, pretty quiet trade deadline day as Montreal comes in uh, to be a third-party broker to help facilitate a trade for Nick Bonino to the Pittsburgh Penguins. This was a three-way trade that involved the San Jose Sharks as well. Uh, so, what were your thoughts on his work in that uh, trade deadline?
1: Well, this was a, a um, an issue of um, Kent Hughes. I, I think, I think um, he has admitted um, that they completely misjudged. Uh, he's, uh, and and I'm not making this up. He, he said it about a week or so ago that they completely misjudged. Uh, what the market, the players that would come onto the market, which would affect their ability to trade, they also misjudged uh, the fact that um, waiting too long means that your players can get injured. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Sean Monaghan was was injured. Uh, the real uh, difficult one here is Joel Edmondson. Uh, he was later traded uh, in the summer for not the kind of return that um, he would have got had he been traded when healthy, uh, leading up to the, the trade deadline. Um, and we were, I, I it started, uh, around Christmas time that we were trades Joel Edmondson, <laughs> um, please. And, and, uh, not to say that, that he has to, to listen to us, but I think, I think Kent Hughes, um, uh, Kent Hughes is learning. Kent Hughes is learning how to, uh, read the market. Uh, he's learning how to um, talk to other uh, GMs in terms of, of uh, uh, what their plans are and, and what players they're going to make available um, and realizing that um, while he, he did spectacularly well waiting till 15 minutes before the trade deadline to, to trade Arturi Lekanen, that that wasn't necessarily uh, something he could do in every case. Uh, worked out really well in 2022 being patient um overly patient didn't work at all in 2023 so i think um there was a lesson there the other thing i think he learned is he dipped his toe into the the third party um uh, trade um aspect of being a broker like i i don't know that the canadians um you know, they, they ended up with a fifth round pick in in uh, the up, this upcoming draft, 2024, uh, for their trouble of taking on all that salary. Um, was that worth it? Um, I, you know, I, I and 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 part of that is because that's all that that um, um, was available to him, given that the fact that uh, he had so many injuries at at last year's trade deadline.
0: For sure. So looking at this current trade deadline in 2024, one move did go down on the 2nd of February, and that was the uh, Sean Monahan trade to the Winnipeg Jets in exchange for a first round pick and a conditional third round pick. The condition uh, being that Montreal receives a 2027 third round pick if the Winnipeg Jets win the 2024 Stanley Cup. So Ken Hughes did a great job uh, getting uh, a first round pa- first round pick in exchange for Sean Monahan. I think that's a great start to the trade deadline, but uh, of course there's I think a few more trades that uh, you and I would like to see.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm um full of we were full of praise for him uh starting early, um making that move, um and he acted quickly once the market started to uh change and there was those players uh that started to be scooped up in a bit. I mean, he jumped in perfectly. The the, the market unfolded for him perfectly and he jumped in at, at the perfect time to be aggressive, to to trade Sean Monaghan, um so that the Jets, you know, were were kind of um even though they missed out on, on, uh, the other trade, they were able to to get in on this. Um, he, he acted perfectly. Um, now he has to continue, uh, he has to continue to do that.
0: So with about a week before that trade deadline goes down, let's take a look at the trade boards. Uh, looking first at TSN, uh, still Jake Allen sitting at number 13 and, uh, well, when David Savard is appearing at number 49 out of 50 on TSN's trade board, which I'm not opposed to seeing. Uh, looking at the Athletic from Chris Johnston, the only Montreal Canadian appearing there is at number 21, and that is also Jake Allen. Um, the top five remaining on Chris Johnston's trade board after this week, number one for the Flames, it's defenseman Noah Hannafin. Um, Although I believe the Flames have experienced have expressed some interest in trying to re-sign Hannafin, but I, I don't really know what the Flames are doing right now. That could be something that they just floated out to the media. Uh, number two, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins forward Jake Gensel on an expiring contract. He's currently injured, but he was seen practicing today. Uh, and third, it's uh, Adam Henrique, of course, uh, forward. pretty uh, Pretty good center, a little bit underrated. Uh, number four is the Flyers defenseman, Sean Walker. I believe that's a right shot defenseman. So we know that those are pretty coveted around the league and in at number five, one Jacob Markstrom, it's been a whole lot of a mess. And we'll get to that uh, briefly.
1: Yeah. Um, so uh, as far as, as, um, the defensemen who are off the board, uh, Tanev was, was expected to be, uh, the first domino uh, that's done, Labushkin, uh, right there. Um, so the market is in motion, particularly with respect to right defense, as you said correctly, uh, in demand. Um, and the other piece, I guess, uh, I think Dallas is off the board in terms of of their need, uh, their defensive need, because uh, we got to look at both sides: the uh, the players that are available and and the teams that are interested in, in, um, uh, pursuing, um, and filling a need. Um, uh, so where, where does that, where does that leave a David Savard? Um, who else, um, you mentioned Sean Walker, uh, is, is, um, might be available, uh, maybe a Matt Dunba. Um, I think, and, and and that relates to the question of of should the Canadians get involved because what what's the return going to be? Um, as I said, I think that uh, the return for for Tanev was actually pretty good. Um, yeah. It was a deal that Calgary chose. Um, we we should also note that that Tanev is a rental uh, U, U, UFA at the end of the year, which is different uh, for a David Savard. Um, who has one more year on his deal, um, and, and and that should raise his value um, for for a team. Um, the other thing that that rate would raise his value, uh, and we're talking about salary retention. We expect, as we said in our show last week, we'd expect that any of the deals that um, that Kent Hughes will get involved in would would require salary retention. Um, that we expect that that if uh, some a team was to trade for a David Savard, that that salary retention would be for this year and for next year. So that also raises his value. Um, so I think, in my opinion, this defensive market, much like what happened with Monaghan, the defensive market has unfolded perfectly for Kent Hughes. You had Tanev, who's you know a a rugged blue liner. You have uh, um, if that's what at right shot um, defenseman. If that's what a team is looking for, your consolation prize is David Savard. Your consolation prize is David Savard. Um, He's a shot blocker, and you know um, who who would be interested in a David Savard. Um, why wouldn't, why wouldn't Tampa Bay be interested in a David Savard? Why wouldn't they? him. Um, yeah, very familiar with him. Serge is out for, um, uh, the, the season, uh, with his injury, unfortunate injury. That was an awful injury. Um, now there's the whole left shot, right shot. Maybe they're not desperate for a right shot defenseman. Uh, but why wouldn't they be involved? Uh, Boston, Vancouver maybe um, and as I said I'm 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 not convinced that that Toronto is uh, is done with respect to their defense. Um, so I th- I think there's this is pretty positive um, in terms of of the market for Kent Hughes um, the 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 argument back is well, you need, you need David Savard because he's uh, a mentor to the young defenseman. And, and full credit. Yes. And, and, you know, Arbor Jacki spoken about him. Um, Caden Gooley spoken about the value of him. However, um, I, you know, I, I would say that the, those young defensemen, certainly the ones in the organization now have probably learned all they're going to learn from David Savard. Um you know, Caden Gooley's going into his third season next year. He's he's absolute. He's been a leader everywhere he's been. Um, and Kent Hughes says we're turning over the team to the young players. Well, um, you know, Sean Monahan was moved with the intention of of turning over a bigger leadership role to Nick Suzuki and and eventually to uh, Kirby Doc when he's back next season. Why wouldn't you do the same thing uh, with your Defensive core. Now, I understand, and, and we've talked uh, before about the fact that um, Ken Hughes is going to leverage the media. Um, he doesn't want to appear desperate, so he's put out there, and and uh, Pierre Lebrun has said, you know, it's going to take a lot. Uh, the Canadians r- really don't want to let David Savard go, so it's going to take a lot. I think that's just uh, Ken Hughes using the media um, to, to get the message out of just how valuable, um, uh, David Savard is to raise his, uh, you know, uh, to raise the propo- level of the proposals. Um, I, I would be really shocked. Um, not shocked. I would be, I would be surprised though, if David Savard is not moved, um, uh, by Friday.
0: Yeah, I think uh, to your point as well, if you can get a third round pick for Ilya Labushkin, I, I think you can get something pretty good for David Savard, uh, if not better. Um, uh, the other thing I would say is that I do think Savard is playing some of the best hockey that he has since joining Montreal. So I would think that his value is probably at an all-time high and I think it's it just makes sense that
1: it would be the right time to move along. Um, do you agree with that? I agree completely. Um, you know he's he's playing really well, so his value is high. He has a year left. He's not a UFA, um, and uh, and he's healthy right now. Remember, he he yeah. did have the hand injury earlier. What can happen next if if the Canadians hold on to him and try to trade him next season? Well, his value is going to be down because he's going to be a rental at that point. Um, he's going to be a year older. Um, maybe there won't be as much of a demand for right defensemen as there is right now, um, with a number of teams looking for one and with a couple uh, of of those defensemen off the board already. Um, yeah, and and did I mention injuries? <laughs> I'm going to mention <laughs> if I haven't, I'm going to mention it again because um, you know you can't, you never know. Well, as I said, they went through that Kent Hughes did last year. Uh, With Joel Edmondson. So I think that the market's set up perfectly um, for Kent Hughes to to strike right now.
0: Yeah. Do you want to talk about Jacob Markstrom for a second here? Because this is a pretty strange situation coming out of Calgary. Of course, he's been on uh, the trade boards pretty much since they started happening this season. Uh, But Calgary saying that they might not want to trade Markstrom any longer. And uh, Markstrom, of course, has expressed some unhappiness about all the rumors going around. And uh, further to that, it seems like the New Jersey Devils are expressing a ton of interest in acquiring one Jacob Markstrom. Markstrom does have a caveat in that he has uh, a no movement clause. So what do you think about uh, Jacob Markstrom right now?
1: I don't know because this is a mess. Um, it's it's a mess. There was a report this week uh, from the fourth period, uh, de Pagnotta, that um, the Flames advised the Devils that they're going to keep Jacob Markstrom uh, for the rest of the season and 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 maybe um, uh, be open to trading him in the summer. Um, there was another report. I think this one came from LeBron. Uh, was that um, the the calgary flames had dropped the the need for the devils to uh uh take on some of of the salary um or sorry uh, the um for the for the calgary flames uh to 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 hold on to some of the salary in the negotiation with the devils and in in all of that mess then markstrom comes out and says um it's been really difficult um I, I like all the players here. They've been really good and really supportive and really respectful. Everyone in the room has been good to me, but management hasn't. Um, that uh, things should have been handled differently from the top. Um, so uh, if you can decipher all of that, <laughs> I, I really don't know what's, what's happening. Um, but what, what we could say is that uh, there are teams out there that need a goaltender and that means that Kent Hughes should take advantage of the situation, all of all of this muddiness that's going on <laughs> in Calgary.
0: Yeah, I think so. So that uh, brings us to our uh, Canadians trade chips. And the one on all the trade boards, once again, Jake Allen. And according to Frank Saravalli, uh, he believes that uh, the most likely goaltender to move at the deadline is one Jake Allen. Um, we've had the three goalie tandem all season. Uh, I think you and I have been uh, really wanting that to come to an end. It doesn't seem like any of the goalies are very happy about it. And uh, of course, I I think it's just time that uh, Jake Allen gets moved out. He, for whatever reason, in the Montreal media and uh, with the fans, he's become kind of, I I almost want to say the enemy on this team, uh, which is kind of unfortunate because I I do think that Jake Allen is a lot better than uh, what he's been made out to be. Uh, But uh, let's uh, talk about Jake Allen for a second here.
1: It's really awful, you know. Jake Allen is a very good man. Um, He's got a good heart. He's a tremendous team guy. He always has been. Um, And he's a very good goaltender. He's not a number one goaltender um, anymore. Uh, But neither are, um, don't delude yourself, neither are any of the, the Canadians' three goaltenders true starting goaltenders right now. Uh, the best one um, is 45th in the National Hockey League in terms of um, uh, goals saved above expected. Um, that that that's not going to cut it on a contending team. Um, but uh, yeah, and and you said that there's a, a, you know Dave Pagano also said same thing. Um, he expects uh, if a goaltender is traded that it's going to be Jake Allen. Um, why is that? Uh, Um, Marc-Andre Fleury says he'd like to stay in Minnesota. Um, uh, predators have said that Saros isn't available. Uh, there's a a huge mess in Calgary with Markstrom. Um, so then there's Jake Allen. And if you look at like, take this season out of it. Um, and he's a goaltender with a nine 11 save percentage. Um, I think that the whole three goalie rotation, and 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 it's not just about starts, but it's about the work that they get in uh, practice. Um, we've talked to goaltenders that have been in a three goalie rotation, rotation, and they say that it's really tough not to have my net, my net, in practice, um, where you get used to to that, and and that that's something that has been. You know, Jake Allen's whole routine has been thrown off this season. Um, so that certainly affects his performance. The other, uh, another thing that's affected his performance is the the Canadians don't score goals when he's in net. That's not his problem. The other thing that's affected his game is the absolute viciousness um, by the media. And it's it's disgusting. It is, and the, the, the fans who fall follow along, and jump on every goal allowed um, by by Jake Allen. It's uh, it's embarrassing as a, as a fan base, um, but the fact that that the Montreal media, the legacy media, have um, just vilified uh, Jake Allen in order to promote their guy um, is is one of the worst characteristics of the media in Montreal, and. Uh, you know, that certainly uh, affected him um, as well. So, um, you know, could he move? Well, Carolina's, I think, looking although Coach Kev just, just won uh, Rookie of the Month um, but and has been playing very well, but do you want somebody backing him up, backing up a, a young goalie like that, uh, Edmonton, Skinner? Um, do you want somebody there, Colorado? Um, you know, uh, I, I think there, and, and we've talked before about the devils and maybe they want a consolation prize if Marks, Markstrom doesn't work out. Um, there are opp- opportunities and, um, I tend to think that this is something that's going to happen in the summer. Um, but if, if Jake Allen can be moved and maybe without, it would be difficult without salary retention, um, but, but, um, you know, it's, it's certainly a possibility. It would be good for the Canadians organization. It would be good for Jake Allen, uh, and it would be good for Montembeau and Primo.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, the one last thing I will say about Jake Allen, and I think you and I have been monitoring this most of the season. Uh, you look at the starts that Allen gets, uh, compared to Montembeau, And it seems like Allen always starts in the more difficult situations. Uh, Even this past week on the road against uh, the New Jersey Devils who have been pretty good uh, over the past little while, especially at home. And then Montembeau gets the at-home start in Montreal against uh, the skidding Arizona Coyotes. So uh, even the Montreal Canadiens have not really put Jake Allen in a position where he can be uh, successful and uh, really show off what he can do. So... I think this whole thing has just been mismanaged uh, like in the worst possible way to be completely honest. I agree. Uh, looking at uh, what other things Montreal might have on the board here. Of course, we talked about David Savard and Jake Allen. Uh, Tanner Pearson and Yoel Armia, That I, I think they actually had a pretty decent week. Those are uh, a couple of uh, veterans that could help uh, some teams uh, looking to make a push in the playoffs. Of course, uh, Armia being a bigger forward, one of those guys that can uh, get uh, dirty in the corners and uh, win some puck battles. Uh, Pearson, just a ton of experience, and uh, especially with uh, some Stanley cups a very likable uh, teammate as well Uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see if uh, he was moved Uh, I think Pearson as well on an expiring deal makes a lot of sense as a rental for some other teams looking for depth and of course uh, we've talked about this uh, third-party broker situation we've seen that come up twice Uh, Montreal only one retention spot left they can only retain once uh, once more this season Uh, I guess that will be a possibility as well if nothing else
1: yeah. Um the retention slot yielded uh, what did we say a fifth round pick uh last time around uh, being involved yeah. in the in the Bedino trades. Um, you know, is is that is that the best way to use that retention slot? Mm. Um could you get better than a fifth round pick if you, you know, retain salary on on Jake Allen and uh or or Savard? I expect so. Um, you know, he's uh, after a difficult start. He's had a pretty good season, um, I think. Uh, could Vancouver use a, a player like like him? Um, I think so. Tanner Pearson, you mentioned uh, Stanley Cup in 2014. He won a Stanley Cup with the Los Angeles Kings. Los Angeles Kings are having trouble. Uh, with their depth, um, you know, is is there an opportunity for him to go back? And we heard Kent Hughes say he'd like to get something uh, for uh, <laughs> players on a on an expiring contract. Uh, the only one that applies to is Tanner Pearson. Uh, I think those those uh, two players, um, it's less likely that they'll be involved. Um, but if there's an opportunity, and and part of that is is just because. Um, the Canadians don't have as we've explained uh, over and over and over again just one retention salary retention slot uh, those are all have been used up already uh, by the Jeff Petrie trade and the, and the Joel Edmondson trade this season so just one um, opportunity for them to retain salary when they make a trade that's going to um, yeah that's going to tie the hand somewhat of Kent Hughes yeah, and uh,
0: I think that it's fair to say, yes, those are the players that we've determined to be trade chips. But uh, I think most players on the Montreal Canadiens, if uh, a team is calling, you certainly listen. Uh, doesn't mean that uh, you're outright shopping them, but uh, you're you're at least taking that phone call. Which brings me to uh, the untouchables. And uh, Rick, I think you and I both, uh, we didn't tell each other no. uh, who we had marked down as untouchables, but we both said that there were three. I'll, uh, I'll say mine here. Uh, I'll talk about it for a minute, and then I'll pass it off to you to see if uh, we ended up with similar answers. But for me, I've determined three untouchables. Nick Suzuki, I think that's the most obvious one. He's by far the best player on this team right now, and the captain. Uh, Cole Caulfield, you just committed to him long-term. Uh, not his greatest season, but I think that there's still uh, a very important player uh, in Cole Caulfield. And uh, the only other one is one Caden Gooley, who I think is a pretty good uh, marquee defenseman that uh, the Montreal Canadiens can uh, build uh, their core around. And uh, Rick, who do you have determined as your untouchables on this team?
1: Well, as they say, two out of three ain't bad. Um, <laughs> we agree on 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 two of those uh, those three players. And and why are we doing this? Well, uh, you know, there we we talked about it last week that. Um that Jordan Harris came up in in uh, trade talks whether whether it was a team that was inquiring about him or whether it was um, Kent Hughes trying to make space on the left side and 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 shopping him, mean, it wasn't particularly clear, um, but we just for fun, we decided to include um, you know, this untouchable list. and yes, it goes back to. If Wayne Gretzky can be traded, anybody can be traded. But <laughs> when you're rebuilding a team, uh, you want to keep the core pieces. Um, and two of of the core pieces for me um, are Nick Suzuki um, and Caden Gooley. Um, one up front, one on the back end. They are they are um, important players on the ice. They are important players off the ice. Both are um, going to be exceptional performers and exceptional leaders for the, this team going forward. Uh, They are, they are, they are core pieces. Um, And, you know, when you're in a rebuild, you can't, you can't move players like that. Um, As the third, you added Caulfield. Um, I I couldn't get there uh, just because, you know, the, the start of the season, he was being compared to Ovechkin and, and maybe brink it. Um and is he that player now? We still don't um, know. Um, so, I I, I, t- I took Kirby Doc, and I took the Kirby Doc that uh, we hope Kirby's going to be, um, not the Kirby Doc who's who may be injury prone, uh, but the Kirby Doc who, when when he's been in the lineup, is a player who can drive the play and make his linemates mates better. Um, I, I don't think we know. Um, I, I, I think we know that when he's on the ice, he can be that kind of player. I don't know that we know he can do that for 82 games, uh, given uh, his injury history. Um, so I'd want to keep him and make sure that, um, we you know, he's not given away before that, um, before that fact is, is determined.
0: Yeah, I think those are great picks too. You know what, like you said, two out of three, not too bad. And uh, actually at this point, this ties in uh, very nicely with our Canadians Connection question of the week. And uh, we'd like to ask all of our listeners, who is untouchable on the Habs? We want to hear from you. You just heard our thoughts on it. And uh, with that, and I think Rick, uh, it's a good time to get to our final break,
1: right? Absolutely.
0: So let's uh, get to that break here. Uh, we'll uh, t- take a break brief uh, break so that you can hear from our sponsors and then uh, make sure that you stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio.
2: The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The Rocket Sports Media team wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, log in to THN.com Montreal, your year-round source for anything Habs-related. That's THN.com Montreal.
0: Welcome back to episode 285 of the Canadian's Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and you can check out the website, CanadiansConnection.fm. Also, feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line, 5853-ROCKET, that's 5853-ROCKET. And I think we're coming up on what's going to be a very interesting and very busy trade deadline. Uh, We did our best to lay out all the primer for you in that uh, last segment and uh, certainly would be interested to hear what all of our listeners thought about it. For sure. So if you want to keep up to date with everything Montreal Canadiens, Rocket Sports has you covered. Uh, Here's what you need to know. Uh, we cover the Montreal Canadiens for the hockey news. You can find all of that content at THN.com slash Montreal. Uh, game day coverage, feature articles, LaVal Rocket and Prospects. All the Canadians coverage in one place. That's THN.com slash Montreal. And if you're looking for some more multimedia type content, head over to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search at All Habs and uh, make sure that you hit that subscribe button as we put out uh, a couple uh different shows throughout the week. Uh, the first one, uh, the Habs Hockey Report, hosted by one Amy Johnson. Uh, the latest ep- episode is entitled, uh, This Might Make Montreal Canadiens Trades a Little Tougher. And Rick, I believe you have an announcement about next week's episode.
1: I do. And it's um, I think it's a a big deal. I, I, I should say, first of all, our YouTube channel is becoming a real hub. And a real key part of our coverage, um, and and Amy does a great job, and and we'll we'll tell you about some other options on that uh, YouTube channel in a second. Uh, YouTube.com/slash AllHabs, or just search for at AllHabs, uh, and you'll get to our channel. And the Habs Hockey Report is is very popular. Um, and, um, this week, uh, it'll come out a little bit earlier, uh, probably late Tuesday afternoon. And, uh, that's because Amy's going to be joined by, uh, Jason Buchla, uh, from Sportsnet. And if you don't know, Jason, former, uh, scout with the Florida Panthers, uh, he does some great articles, um, on Sportsnet called, uh, Scouts Analysis, um, and he's going to, uh, join Amy uh, and lay out uh, what he thinks um, uh, Ken Hughes might do and and kind of the plans for uh, the Montreal Canadiens from a, from a scout's perspective. Um, and I think that's going to be fascinating for you to, uh, to watch and to listen to. And uh, you're going to want to find that on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash allhabs.
0: Yeah, so looking forward to that, and uh, hit that notification bell as well if you want to know about it as soon as it comes up, that way you don't miss it. Uh, Another show that Amy Johnson hosts on our YouTube channel is uh, the Rocket Hockey Report. Last week's episode is entitled Another One, The Laval Rocket now have two players missing this week so if you want to stay up to date with the Laval Rocket and the Montreal Canadiens look out for those two shows hit that subscribe button hit the like button if you like what you saw and leave a comment get engaged in that conversation as uh, Amy loves to read through all of those she might even reply to this podcast, The Canadian's Connection, is also being put on our YouTube channel as well. So if uh, you prefer to watch it on YouTube, head on over there. Last week's episode is entitled, What Might the Montreal Canadiens Do at the Trade Deadline? You don't want to miss out on that one, so hit uh, like and subscribe and leave a comment as well. Uh, we love reading through all of those comments, and uh, we're actually going to get to some a little bit later in this segment. Plus, we've started doing uh, live stream watch-alongs on YouTube uh, for Montreal Canadiens games this season the next one is uh, going to be montreal at carolina on thursday march the 7th i'm going to be joined by my colleague nathan and uh, with that said uh, i'm going to invite nathan to the studio to help uh, uh, show everyone uh, what we do on our live streams
4: nathan welcome to the show how are you i'm doing great today thank you for asking michael how are you doing today
0: Doing pretty well. Uh, So in addition to uh, all the other Rocket Sports content that uh, our whole team has been producing, you and I have been doing something brand new this season. Uh, We've been live streaming on YouTube.
4: Ah, yes. Brand new this season, we've started doing live stream watch-alongs for the Montreal Canadiens games.
0: So uh, we've been uh, streaming on our own YouTube channel, and we do this a couple times per month.
4: Yes, so look out for upcoming live stream watch-alongs throughout the season
0: so for those who have yet to join us how does this whole thing work
4: so first you want to tune into the game on one screen press mute and join our live stream on youtube we will have live play by play scores updates analysis and commentary all while interacting with viewers via the live chat it's the perfect way to add an extra layer of entertainment to your hockey game night and for those who have joined us before we have a new segment at 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 the end of each game
0: Yes, make sure you stick around after the game for our post-game show. The last round, Uh, this will uh, take uh, some time to summarize the game, highlight some of the key takeaways. Plus, this is another opportunity for our viewers to send in their thoughts about the game in our live chat. Plus, during the game, we have a great intermission show designed to engage all of our viewers. And what's that all about, Nathan?
4: Well, uh, that is... Where we'll have an intermission show entitled Nathan's Notes, where we break down the game and have great topical discussions to keep everyone up to date.
0: So make sure you head over to our YouTube channel, just youtube.com allhabs, and hit that subscribe button. Plus, you can tap that notification bell so you don't miss a single one of our upcoming live streams.
4: We look forward to watching the game with you. Make sure you subscribe and tap the notification bell so you don't miss out. We'll see you there.
1: Definitely, uh, you'll see me there. I I can tell you that because uh, these live streams have become a lot of fun. Thanks, Nathan, uh, for joining us in the studio. Thanks, Michael, as well. Uh, these these are tremendous, um, and and Nathan did a good job explaining just how uh, it works. Um, you know, you mute the broadcast. You don't need to listen to Gary Galley anyway. Um, so let's say you' you're sitting on your couch, you're watching the TV, mute the TV.'ve you, you've got, a, you've got a, a phone in your hand, then then go to uh, youtube.com/all Habs uh, and stick uh, uh, the, the live broadcast on. Make sure uh, you guys made the point. I'll make it again. Make sure you're subscribed so you get notification of, of the live stream. Um, and and there it is. Um, you can listen to some great commentary, some great information, uh, as well as be able to connect with uh, Canadians fans from all over the world. It is um, it, it's like being it's like being in a bar and and surrounded by a bunch of Canadians fans and and all excited about the game and, and interacting. Um, if you can't do that, uh, then this is the next best thing. Uh, the uh, Rocket Sports uh, live streams uh, with uh, with very capable hosts in Nathan and yourself, Michael.
0: Yeah, so looking forward to it. Um, Thursday, March uh, 7th, and that's trade deadline eve. Uh-oh. I believe I said it last week, but uh, on the last live stream against the Pittsburgh Penguins, we had a live trade to react to. Who knows what's going to happen this time? And uh, we'll certainly uh, talk about the trade deadline during that live stream. And uh, get everyone prepared for the next day. So make sure that uh, you come along and uh, watch the game with us.
1: We have a trade to announce. The most famous words from Gary Batman.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Also, I just wanted to let everyone know that uh, you should make sure that you're subscribed to the Premier Rocket Sports uh, podcast on your favorite podcasting app. The Canadians Connection. You can find every single episode at CanadiansConnection.fm. We'll be here every single Saturday throughout the year and uh, provide great Montreal Canadians content. If you enjoy the show, we'd really appreciate if you left us a five-star review uh, wherever you get your podcasts. We are your inside link to the Montreal Canadians.
1: We definitely are your inside link. And I got a really fascinating um, text from, from one of our loyal uh, listeners this week who said... Um, that they've noticed um, that uh, when, when, a con- when content appears and, and we seem to have the inside track and we talk to uh, our um, contacts around the National Hockey League, that when we talk about a story, funny thing happens that a lot of these fan podcasts then kind of pick up on that and then that's their topic um, the following week. Um, so the, our listener said why be second? Why not listen to the Canadians connection and get your information directly? I I agree a hundred percent.
0: Yeah. I love that. And appreciate appreciate hearing from that listener. Uh, And just uh, before we get to our Canadians connection question of the week, um, we do have a little announcement from our rocket sports team. Uh, We are recruiting and uh, Rick, what's the best way for people that might be interested to reach out to us,
1: reach out to us either uh, via text five, eight, five, three rocket or, Uh, by email hello at rocketsportsmedia.com if you are interested in joining this uh, this talented team but a fun team we have a lot of fun um, and there are lots of passionate hockey fans here uh, who are um, excited to bring you um, using their talents uh, bring you the 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 real story the inside story from the Montreal Canadiens and I'm grateful for the work of each and every one of them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a ton of fun. Uh, definitely recommend it. And uh, whatever your talent is or whatever it is that you're interested in learning about, I'm sure that we can uh, find a spot for you. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you all. And, uh, Rick, I'm sure that uh, you're going to look forward to having some great conversations.
1: For sure. Hello at Rocketsportsmedia.com, 5853-ROCKET. I had one of those at a telephone conversation with the uh, um, well, I'll tell you more about it um, next week, perhaps, uh, but a really fascinating interv- individual who uh, may be joining the team.
0: Absolutely. So now it's a good time to turn it over to our listeners and get to our Canadians Connection question of the week. And this week we ask, who is untouchable on the Habs? You got to hear our opinions in that second segment. We want to hear from you. I'll save that Rocket Sports text line once again because uh, it's a great way to reach out to us, 5853ROCKET. And uh, you can reach out to us on, uh, by email, like uh, Rick just uh, said as well. Also on social media, however you want to get a hold of us, uh, we look forward to hearing from you. And we get tons of uh, tweets, uh, emails, texts, and comments throughout the week. Uh, a few of them uh, that we like to read on air today for you. Uh, we edited them lately edited them just uh, for clarity. And uh, Rick, uh, this first one comes from at Dark Matter Eclipse. What did they have to say?
1: Uh, this is a comment uh, on our our last episode. Uh, that's that's last week's um, Canadians Connection episode uh, 284. Um, and remember, if you missed any of our episodes, you can go uh, to CanadiansConnection.fm or on the uh, uh, podcast player that you're listening to us um, right now. Uh, Dark Matter Eclipse on YouTube says, Jordan Harris is a smart defender. Among Canadians, D has better in-depth stats along with jack he's the smaller left d and can play the right side but out of the current four young left shot uh, d man he's simply the odd man out by default due to his stature and lesser physicality what you said about savard uh, and that's last week on 284 um, is pretty much what i said on a habs fan page a few days ago the young d will miss his uh, coaching um, but the next trade deadline, he could be injured or his play will have declined. Trade him now to a d- contender while he's uh, while available right shot Ds aren't in abundance. And uh, we said some of those same things uh, in our second segment. So thank you very much to Dark Matter Eclipse.
0: Uh, we had another comment coming in from uh, Peter Pinsenot. uh Dash yl3ib, I believe that's off of YouTube as well. And uh, what Peter has to say is, I agree about Matheson. Trade him while he is at peak value. And of course, this is something uh, we've also been talking about quite a bit. So uh, we appreciate that comment as well. Uh, Rick, you had another comment that we wanted to read too.
1: This one on YouTube from L. Rockter, 1374 Trade Matheson, Mashar, and Reinbacker for the second overall pick in the 2024 draft.
0: That's interesting. Wonder who's projected to go out at uh, that number uh, two in this draft. Yep.
1: Well, we're we're going to have that in our coming weeks uh, as our as our focus. Once the trade deadline is passed, turns to uh, the 2024 NHL draft.
0: And uh, the final comment we have comes from at she underscore twenty six, and uh, what they have to say is well, Mister Kent Hughes and Mister Marty Saint Louis both need to go. Glad to see Jackey doing better after everything they've put him through. They should trade Matheson, but I hope beyond hope that they don't trade Savard. So another uh, very interesting opinion there. Uh, I appreciate uh, hearing from you at she 20, underscore 26. Uh, that's, yeah, I think that that's uh, certainly an opinion that some other Habs fans might share as well.
1: Absolutely. A fan of of uh, Savard and Jackeye. Uh, not a fan of Matheson, Hughes, and St. Louis.
0: So uh, that's all the comments and uh, tweets that we had to read this week. But uh, make sure to keep those coming in and uh, we'll uh, see if we can uh, read them out on an upcoming episode. Uh, We appreciate uh, hearing from all of our great listeners and uh, we appreciate and respect uh, the the opinions of everyone else too. For sure. Coming up this week, uh, the Montreal Canadiens have four games. March the 2nd, Montreal is going to face off against the Tampa Bay Lightning. On the 5th, Montreal is going to visit the Nashville Predators. And then on the 7th, they go to visit uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. And as I've said a few times, we'll be live streaming that on uh, YouTube. Uh, Nathan and I will uh, bring you all that you need for that game and uh, look forward to having fun with all of our viewers. That's going to be a wrap for us today. Thank you all for listening. Make sure that you are subscribed to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on any of your favorite podcasting apps. Also share it on social media if you like what you heard. Enjoy the week and we'll be back here next Saturday, March 9th after the Trade, trade Deadline, deadline show. Yeah. Yep. yep, so that's going to be another great episode, perfect timing. Uh thank you all for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio.
2: Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Rocket Sports.